Why do we often treat those closest to us with the least respect and patience? Welcome to the Transformative Dove. My name is Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Today we are on page 84 of Tractate Nadarim, and we learn that when souls are intertwined, there's so much more at stake in the relationship, physically and spiritually. Welcome to the Transformative Duff, and thank you for being my Chavrissa today. I like to begin with a story. A colleague told me about a funeral that he officiated for a man who was incredibly beloved in the community. He was always there to help anyone in need. You could call this fellow any time of day or night, and he was always available. You should have heard the amazing stories that were told at the funeral. Here was a man that people considered almost an angel, such was his self-sacrifice for others. But as each ensuing eulogizer arose to tell of the deceased's selfless life, my friend watched as the family sat in the front row, stone-faced. You see, while he was unbelievably beneficent to everyone else, he hardly had any time left in his life for his poor wife and children. Today's stuff discusses the case of a woman who vowed to abstain from any human being. Would such a declaration include her husband? Let's look at the Gemara. Says the Mishnah, if a woman vowed, the property of human beings is forbidden to me. Her husband cannot nullify her vow, and she may benefit from the agricultural gifts that must be left for the poor, gleanings, forgotten sheaves, and corner produce. Says the Gemara, we see that she can be sustained from his property. Thus it follows that a husband is not included in her reference to human beings. But read the latter clause, but she may benefit from gleanings, forgotten sheaves, and corner produce, which implies that she may derive benefit from the gifts given to the poor, but she may not eat from property belonging to her husband. Apparently, a husband is in fact included in her reference to human beings, and she may not benefit from him either. Ulla said, actually, a husband is not included in her reference to human beings, and the meaning is, and furthermore... He cannot nullify the vow because she may benefit from gleanings, forgotten sheaves, and corner produce. Rabba said, actually a husband is included in her reference to human beings. And the Mishnah is saying, what is the reason? What is the reason that he cannot nullify? Because she may benefit from gleanings, forgotten sheaves, and corner produce. Rav Nachman said, actually a husband is not included in her reference to human beings, and this is what the Mishnah is teaching. If she was divorced, she may still benefit from gleanings, forgotten sheaves, and corner produce. Rabbi asked Rav Nachman, and is the husband not included in her reference to human beings? But didn't we learn if a woman said, I am removed from all Jews, the husband should nullify his part, and she may have relations with him, but she is removed from all other Jews even after divorce. But if you say a husband is not included in her reference to human beings, then... It is not a vow that touches upon their personal relationship. Rather, it is a vow of self-affliction, and he can nullify it for her forever. Nevertheless, I could say to you that this case is different, as it is clear that the woman means to include her husband, since she means to render forbidden to herself a matter that is otherwise permitted to her. Let's analyze the Gemara. Why would we think that the husband might not be included in the category of human beings? Sadly, that's the attitude that some people maintain toward those closest to them. They're the epitome of charm and friendliness with everyone they meet, from their colleagues to their neighbors to strangers. They have all the time in the world for them, but then they get home and give their loved ones short shrift. Listen to the wise words of Rava. Is your husband then not a human being? Is your wife not a human being? Are your children not human beings? Are your parents and siblings not human beings? 
How could a person have unlimited time and respect for everyone else who are mere human beings whom they encounter, only to give those closest to them the short end of the stick? Are they not human enough for them? The word brios, translated here as human beings, has an even stronger connotation of lowliness. It really means creatures. When the great Hillel wished to describe Aaron Hakohen's love for all people, he wrote that he loved peace, pursued peace, loved brios, and brought them close to Torah. Re Ibn Shushan explains that he loved human beings for the mere fact that they were creatures or creations of the Almighty. They may have had no other redeeming quality other than being the handiwork of heaven. That was sufficient reason for Aaron to love them. And when we love strangers, that should likewise be our motivation. But your loved ones, of course, are not strangers. They're more than mere brios. Why do we sometimes overreact and get stressed when we're dealing with those closest to us? You would never act that way toward a stranger. And yet, regarding your spouse and children, that you're meant to love more than anyone else in the world, it's easier to lose your patience with them? Why is that? The answer is that your bond with them runs much deeper than the brios connection. You have a soul connection with them. A Cohen may not attend a funeral other than one of his seven closest relatives, father, mother, son, daughter, sister, brother, spouse. The bond with these seven is beyond the physical. It's a deeply spiritual connection. That's why an inexplicable tension exists between you and them that is utterly different to our relationship with anyone else in the world. The deeper, more spiritual the bond, the more that's at stake. The more important the relationship and spiritual connection, the harder the Satan will work to thwart our efforts. That's why the challenge of maintaining and growing those relationships is so fraught with tension. These are extremely powerful heavenly relationships. You have a soul bond with them. They're not just brios. You need to work especially hard and devote yourself to achieving your destiny on earth with them the same way that your spiritual destinies are intertwined. Your loved ones are not human. They are so much more than that to you. May you forever maintain your composure and loving kindness with all your loved ones. Wishing you a transformative day. Thank you for tuning into the Transformative Duff Podcast with Rabbi Daniel Friedman. Whether you've been doing Duff Yomi for years or you're not quite ready to commit but want to be part of the Duff Yomi global movement, there's something in the transformative Duff for everyone. It's about joining the conversation. It's about talking over the Duff with your family, your friends, your colleagues. It means never being short of a discussion starter or a meaningful Torah. Every page of the Gemara, every word, every letter contains the secrets of the universe to achieving a life of simcha and purpose. Transform your life today. The Transformative Daf is published by Mosaica Press and available at all good Jewish bookstores and online from mosaicapress.com. Thank you, The Transformative Daf.